As we gather tonight, I have one question, though, for us. That is, have we ever listened to the gospel or to the readings and perhaps had it as if it was the first time? That we, we heard it with new ears, maybe a new uh, concept came to mind, whatever it was, that it was new and it was exciting and it maybe even brought tears to our eyes. It brought us joy to our hearts. And this is truly good news. And I'll admit, as I say that, I asked uh, the school children on Wednesday at the school mass if they've ever received good news. And of course, most of them said yes. I won't talk about the one that said no. Because I got to him admit that he's heard good news too. We've all heard good news, but the very best news we could hear is what we hear tonight. That Jesus Christ, our Savior, is born for us. The news of the angel who comes and proclaims this good news. We weren't there on that first Christmas. We were not so blessed to hear the songs of the angels. We didn't see the shepherds coming. Perhaps it's lucky we probably didn't smell them. We didn't get to witness the joy of the Blessed Mother holding the Christ child for the first time. See the smile in Joseph's face. See his proud determination as he vows to be a better father than he thought he could be to the Son of God. We didn't see any of this, but yet this is what we're called to to do. And so sometime today, tomorrow, during this Christmas season, which runs through the 9th of January this year, to take some time, if we're able to, hopefully, at least once a day, to ponder again this story. After all, we hear it year after year, and, and so often it's in one ear and out the other. It ought not be, because every time we hear it, it is a chance for us to hear the very best news. There's nothing better. After all, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, we have no need to go do scientific studies for the concept of original sin. We see it all around us, don't we? Brokenness, broken relationships, oh, social media. <laughs> all we have to do is look there for, well, we have pride, we have gluttony, we have, we have anger, we have wrath. We have all those things that pop out at us, all of them. If there's original sin, there has to be a solution. And God has the solution. It's him. The universe cannot contain God. He is outside of time and outside of space. But we can talk about that philosophically as long as we want. But the universe that cannot contain the Lord suddenly contained him. Not only the universe, not only the solar system or the earth or a continent or a country or a district or a city, but a manger. Can you imagine becoming so small? Can you imagine becoming so vulnerable? 
I think if, if any of us, maybe, maybe a few of us, maybe, but if any of us were asked and if you could have the ability to go back to being a, a wee little baby, freshly born, I don't think many of us would take that up, especially if we knew what that entailed, with all the dirty diapers, all the spitting up, everything, the complete vulnerability, the complete dependence on mom or dad, hopefully both, None of us would take that. And the Lord is so much more and willingly becomes flesh, willingly takes on this flesh. And what we celebrate is not just a birth that's important. Well, and I have to admit, I, I get a little frustrated this time of year. Everyone is an expert. And, well, you know, Christmas what really wasn't December 25th. It, it may have been this day or that day or whatever. And ultimately, I say it doesn't matter. There's reason to believe it's December 25th, and that goes back to the first century, actually. In some parts of the world, it, it was very early in December. But the fact is, even if it's not today, the fact is, unlike all the false gods that claim to, these same people claim to have been born on December 25th, and da-da-da, and the one that's usually most rampant, that false god wasn't even made a god or declared a god until 380, long after the date of Jesus, his nativity was set. The fact is, Jesus Christ was real. The fact is, he became flesh, he was born. And so whether we celebrate it today or 10 months from now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because he is born. And he's born to change the world. And in the end, that's what's most important. He's not just born for us, but he's born a savior for us. He's born to suffer on the cross and to die for us. I'll admit, every year at Christmas, I think about one of the most morbid things that uh, I've seen. It's at the Church of the Cathedral of the Holy Trinity in New Ulm. It used to be the altar rail. They had panels, Eucharistic panels, and, and some of them, if you know what you're looking at, you, you know the history of it. You have the deer drinking from water on one side of the altar, actually. On the other side, I forget what it is, uh, a chalice or whatever. One of the panels in the back is a pelican poking at its chest to feed its young, um, a myth of the Middle Ages that a pelican will, in drought and famine will, will hurt itself in order to feed its young, which is precisely what Christ does. As disturbing as that panel may be, the even more disturbing one is to see a little child laying on the cross. But that's exactly what we celebrate. Not that this child, as, as a child, is nailed to the cross, but this child, as a man, comes to be Savior. Isn't this good news? That he comes to free us? He comes to forgive us? He comes to set us free from all that is separating us? And listen to the Christmas carols that we sing. So many of the good ones we've already sung tonight, and, I see on the list there's so many good more. 
Uh, unfortunately, fortunately, it's Christmas season is long enough that we can squeeze if we if we listen to Christmas music all the all the every day for a few hours we might get all the carols, all the songs in. But all of them speak of this joy that we ought to have. Oh, some of them might speak of a twinge of sadness. One of my favorites is I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Those that know the story know how haunting it is. Longfellow is the writer. It was written in 1863, the bloodiest year of the Civil War. Gettysburg had happened that year. He personally had lost his wife and I believe a child. He was in the midst of depression. And on Christmas Day morning, he sat down with pen and paper and wrote out, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. That message that rings out and that message that cannot be conquered by any sadness, any war, any battle, although they try. This is the good news. I challenge us, again, to take a moment to put ourselves at the nativity, to close our eyes, to shut off the noise of our world, as perhaps even shutting off the Christmas carols for a bit, to really reflect, to imagine ourselves there. What would we have said to the Christ child? What would we have done? How would we have worshiped? Would we have smiled? Would we have knelt? Would we have prostrated ourselves, leaned down flat on the floor, not caring what animal had been there shortly before? Would we, if we are able to, hear the echoes of the cries of the angels, the shouts of glory and exaltious Dale? Would we be willing to come with our offering? Because Christ is born. And even if we can't in our imagination do that because of some psychological difficulty of imagining or time, to consider this, that the little child who made himself small enough, the God who made himself small enough to enter the manger, makes himself smaller yet. He makes himself come in the Eucharist. And what looks like bread, what looks like wine, as all the qualities of it, is not. Because he has made himself so. The Eucharist is him. The Christ we would worship, the Christ we would see in the manger, is the same Christ we receive this night as we step forward and receive him. As we say the body of Christ, we're saying amen to all of this. We say amen that yes, he is real. Yes, he's really present. And yes, he wants to fill our hearts just as much as he filled that manger. Think about that. The God of the universe can enter us. Not in a creepy, malicious, governing, dictating way, but as friend and Lord as one who desires to be with us. This is good news, isn't it? Shouldn't it revive us? And every time we hear it, every time we think about it, 
It should bring a little tear to our eyes, a little smile to our mouth, a little warmth to our heart.